Hi, I'm Mark Scott, Secretary of the New South Wales Department of Education, and welcome to Every Student, the podcast where I get to introduce you to some of our great leaders in education. And today, we're in conversation at Benora Point Public School, where I am today with Principal Paul Taylor, Assistant Principal Nicole Crawford, and classroom teacher Genevieve Eskay. Genevieve, of course, is a marathon runner and a winner of the Premier Sporting Challenge on my team in our victorious uh, 2018 celebration. Look, it's great to be here at Benora Point. And Paul, this is... um this is an unusual school. This is a different school. You've got a very clear approach about what you're trying to bring about with teaching and learning here. Tell us a little bit about your philosophy here at Benora Point. Okay, so I think, um, you know, what what we're doing at Benora Point, uh, I'd like to summarise as this. Uh, we want our children to uh, own, uh, to develop ownership of their learning and to be able to um, apply that in purposeful ways. So ownership of purposeful learning um, sounds simple, but um, it, there's a lot of uh, layers to it. So um, project-based learning is a feature of what happens here, but it's not all that happens here. I'm interested that there are all these signs around the school that talk about crew, people being in crew. Explain crew to us. Well, um, you know, crew is uh, we're all in this together. Uh, we um, we're not going to get there until we all get there together. I think uh, crew. There's a there's a there's an understanding that uh, we're all clear about where we're going and we're supporting each other to get there. And I think at Benora, um, we're in very early days um, with this work, but uh, I'm seeing crew both at a classroom level and a whole school level. So uh, people working together, uh, people trusting each other, people giving each other uh, feedback and, and, and feeling safe that, um, you know, uh, if I have a go at this, uh, I'm going to be um, in good company. So you're, you're teaching that to the students and you're doing that in a very clear didactic way I mean in a sense uh, I was in a class this morning that's the way they start every day to in a sense reflect on their learning and reflect on their learning together that's right and it's it's developing that sense of togetherness and and family really uh, at the school um, you know we want children to feel safe and secure and as though they belong and that they're cared for and um, that they matter and uh, that's a really big part of starting any day off well and it's also effective for your staff as well to create that kind of environment with them. I think, you know, with staff leading this work in the classroom, it's, it's really helping them to reflect on how they go about their work every day with each other because we need to be crew um, if we're going to be successful also. Um, you've been strongly influenced by the work of the American educator Ron Berger. Tell us a little bit about Ron's work and how Ron has shaped your philosophy and approach at your previous school, Taramara North, and now here at Benora Point. So I first read uh, Ron's uh, book, An Ethic of Excellence, I think it was in about 2015. I, I was really frustrated that it had taken me until then, um, however many years into my career, to discover the work. But, um, you know, it just makes so much sense uh, to, to any educator, I think, who who really is in this um, this this profession uh, it, it's a it's it's a calling, and 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 Ron's words he wraps up so much uh, wisdom uh, about what our work really is about in 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 such a concise and effective way. And um, you know, there's a lot more to this than than Austin's butterfly, 
as most people know Ron for and um, the more I unpacked uh, Ron's work and the work of EL education, expeditionary learning, the more I realised um, just how much value there was. Yeah, now Nicole, um, a lot of the focus of the EL work and what Ron has outlined is a focus on quality and, and a lot of the work I've seen today, students have been at work on projects over some months and um, multiple drafts, multiple in a sense experiments in learning and a focus on feedback. Tell us about that drafting and feedback philosophy that very much underpins a lot of the work here. Sure, so the the approach that we take is three-pronged. It's about character, it's about academic excellence, and it's about ensuring quality work. And I suppose that really comes under the quality work aspect of what we're doing. It's instilling in kids that what they do is for an audience. So when you give them work for a purpose and they know that at the end they're going to be sharing that work beyond their classroom wall to the community, then there's a there's an onus on them to make sure that it's the very best that, that they can do. And I know every teacher would have heard the words, I'm done, from, from students. It's not something we hear from our students very often anymore. They're seeking from each other feedback because they know that the work they do is important and they know that it has value beyond just for themselves. They're sharing it with teachers, they're sharing it with peers, they're sharing it with parents through celebrations of learning, but they're also sharing it to the community. Some of the work they do creates books which go into our local libraries, which go into our community. So there's lots of things that our kids are doing that takes their learning beyond just them and that gives them the impetus to do things like drafts because they want to make it sure it's the very best quality they can do and that is a critical factor of what we're doing in this work. So take us through a bit of a, um, the approach to the project-based work here because it struck me that there's uh, big ambitious projects. Often, you know, um, all students in a certain year will be doing a, a project, the teachers will be planning this work together and it will be executed over a term or more. Yeah, yes. Those projects, though, have come after a really strong pedagogical base for teachers, of them understanding very well what is good teaching, what is it they need from their kids, and what do they see in their children. The projects that teachers are producing, so for example, Genevieve's class did one on service, came from her own children's needs and what they wanted to learn. It's a very authentic thing. So those projects are produced that way and underpinned by very explicit teaching. So there's a strong component of process where the teacher is guiding through learning targets, um, checks for understanding, um, children using their own data of how they're going to keep the project going, and the teacher is guiding that very, very carefully. So, so Genevieve, why don't you take us through this service project? I saw some great work up, displayed up on the, the walls around here that, that your students did last year. Um, take us through how you conceived that work and what, what that involved for the students. Okay, well, the project had a driving question, which was, what does it mean to be of service? Uh, we explored uh, the notion of service, uh, what the community would look like with or without service, and the importance of service in our community. So students had that opportunity to have their own choice and voice. They could look into um, a service that was of interest to them. So with that came engagement. Students uh, straight away had that desire to want to explore that because that particular service was something that meant something to them. So we explored various types of um, services. Um, students were then formed, they formed groups. Uh, they selected a particular service, for example, the SES, 
uh, or one of the animal shelters or um, homeless shelters. They then had to make contact uh, with that service um, in the hope of finding a volunteer that they could celebrate and investigate more from. So there were 14 groups uh, in the class. Some were two students, some were three students, depending on the needs of the students and um, the numbers that I had. Uh, they then um, had the opportunity to make contact with that service. So that was a really exciting opportunity for the students, given that responsibility to actually make the contact themselves. They couldn't believe the, that they were given that responsibility. They had to make the contact. So through uh, phone calls and emails, they made contact with various organisations, found someone within those organisations that they could celebrate. Um, and that also came with a few challenges. So sometimes they had an idea of a, a service and they were hoping to find someone within that service. And through that, they came through a few struggles where you know, some of them didn't have someone that was available um, to do this project. So then they had to, um, I guess, troubleshoot those um, issues along the way. Uh, they then had to um, investigate um, asking interview questions. So they had to really understand what, what uh, kind of questions really will um, elicit the information that they wanted to find from these, these people. So they really had to craft um, really, really solid um, interview questions and make those, in, um, make those interview questions answer what they wanted to find out. So they crafted those over time. They invited their volunteers to the school um, and they filmed um, their interview taking place. They then had to go back with the data from that interview um, and really note take, get the crucial parts out of those conversations, out of what they out of those interviews and that itself was you know an element of challenge for for many of the students with that data they then had to formulate a, a biographical text so in order to be able to do that they had to understand what um, a good biographical text looked like so um, you know there was models of excellence where students investigated um, different types of biographical texts and their purpose. Um, they identified what that looked like and then they used the notes that they had to craft over time a really quality piece of biographical text. To what extent had was a lot of your work involved in the planning of this, you know, planning and understanding the learning that you would hope that would take place through this experience? Yes, I had to really think, um, you know, backward plan, I guess you'd say, um, anticipate what was what was going to, to come along the way and really have very set learning targets for my students um, that they had to achieve along the way. And deadlines, you know, there's a lot of deadlines in, in projects which actually, you know, motivate the students to get the work done. Um, but having those really um, explicit learning targets um, before the project takes place and a very clear calendar of when things have to be done by uh, makes it really clear process for the students. Paul, uh, let me come back to you. I mean, we've talked a bit about project-based learning and, and as I said, I think there's more than project-based learning taking place here, but project-based learning has its critics as well as its supporters. Yeah. Um, when it doesn't work, why isn't it working? And what are you trying to put in place here to make sure that project-based learning is a, is a successful experience for students and teachers? Yeah, I, I think um, it's really important that, um, that we clarify what we believe high-quality project-based learning is. And I actually think we need to do that as a department um, because it's a very broad term. It's a bit like saying cars are inefficient, you know, and, and comparing a 1968 Chevy V8 to a 
you know, an electric car of today. They're all cars and the level of efficiency is vastly different. And if we're looking, um, you know, into the classroom of, of project-based learning done poorly as opposed to high-quality project-based learning, then we're really talking about very different things. So uh, for a start, um, it's very uh, clear to me that it's not high-impact um, strategies as identified by Hattie or project-based learning because, you know, we know that um, many have interpreted Hattie's work so that inquiry learning has an effect size, I think, of 30.34. But really, we're saying, well, we're learning here and and through the work of EL that you can't do high-quality project-based learning without those high effect sizes as foundational um, in in, in a high-quality project. Um, we started with, I guess, the pedagogy, the, the design of learning. Um, you know, uh, how do you help someone to be a leader of their own learning? So we started from that side of the room rather than we're going to start with the project. So we really wanted to establish, uh, make it really clear, I guess, uh, for our teachers, how do we help someone to step inside their learning and, and be a powerful learner? So we want to establish that before we plug that into meaningful, purposeful work. So that ownership of purposeful learning. And I'm glad we went that way, although I, I do see um, other examples from around the world where, you know, um, maybe they've started with the project and the deeper they've 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 you know, found themselves in that swimming pool, they've decided that they they better refine their stroke. Um, Whereas we started, you know, practicing our stroke before we dived in. So it strikes me that a lot of the work is upfront here in detailed preparation and planning before these projects are unleashed. You know, we talk a lot about demands on teachers and teacher workload. How do you go about managing uh, the teacher workload issues, particularly when you're setting up projects like this? Well, I think teachers have to believe that this is what we must do, you know, and, and if you've got something as powerful as, as you know, the vision uh, that, that, that Ron Berger manages to articulate in his, in his book that I mentioned earlier, you know, there's very few teachers that I've worked with over a 25-year-plus career that wouldn't say this is this is what it, you know, teaching has always meant to me. And, and so you start with that really powerful um, draw of, you know, we know this makes sense. And if things make sense, then it's much easier to, for, to, for people to buy into that. And I guess, you know, as, as people have, have bought into that vision, you know, they want, they want to do the best work that they've ever done. You know, and they, they want to share that journey with their colleagues. And um, really, my job is just to provide the time and the, and the, the guidance, I guess, the, the boundaries and, and the tips along the way. And, you know, and if you can find somebody as exceptional as we have with Cindy Goswell, who had just uh, finished her time with EL as the Managing Director of Professional Learning, you know, we got to work with her face-to-face and virtually over the last couple of years you know, then there's not that much to worry about. Yeah. Um, tell me, Nicole, what this is, the, the, the way you're going about the delivery of these big projects, you know, it will be a different learning experience for many students here than it, than it would have been for their parents. Um, how do you go about convincing parents that, you know, a term exploring wilds or a term exploring 
um, setting up gardens, growing vegetables, harvesting products, or a term exploring service in the community, that there's great learning taking place through those deep dive projects. We have a very engaged parent community and very obviously interested in, in their children's progress. Uh, to be quite honest, I think a lot of the sell of what we're doing and the, and the power of what we do is when the kids go home every day talking about what they're learning, them being able to articulate to their own parents what it is they're doing, what was the learning target, where am I up to, how did that inspire me to do some really good quality work today? We've had celebrations of learning where at the, at the end of the, these projects, which they are, they are quite long, um, teachers are working together very, very collaboratively because that, you were talking before about workload. One of the things that we have done is give stage time to allow teachers to work together so that they can do these projects with, at a high level. So our kids are very in the learning. It's stuff that, the sort of content that they cover is the content that they're interested in. And teachers are very responsive to what they're getting back from the kids within the project. While we have very clear plans and we have strong explicit teaching as part of the project, there is that part of, which is, which is the craft of a teacher, to be responsive to what the kids need. The feedback that we get from them and the way that we are evaluating the, their success and assessing them is how we lead, the, how the project goes. You mentioned earlier um, character as being a cornerstone of what it is you're, you're teaching for here and developing. Talk a little bit more about that. How, why is character a starting point? Because without the character, without character in place, the rest of it is very difficult. You, you're not going to get buy-in from children if they don't have the character skills they need to be a learner. Things like having perseverance, being collaborative, being a, being a citizen, not only within their own classroom or within their own school, but within it, within the world, is very important for them to be a learner. We've got teachers as well modelling that character. We explicitly teach it because not all children come to school at the same with the same skill set. We make a very considered approach to character. We have what times where we circle up of a morning to make sure that we can explore things like compassion, things like perseverance and how that looks like at the, at the level of the kids that we're providing. It will look different how, that, how we do that in kindergarten to how we do that in year six, but we are doing it across the school. And over time, their understanding of those elements of, of character build. That's a very important part of being a global citizen when they finish school. I'd just like to add to that that um, I feel that um, I see a, a world that's um, rapidly automating and I see, you know, um, machine-like behaviour from humans not being very valuable uh, as the world, you know, progresses. Um, we need our kids to be, you know, schools need to be crafting opportunities locally so that um, our children are developing, you know, the essence of what it means to be a human. And I think that's what's going to be valuable. Um, understanding that, that our values... Uh, connect to all that we think and all that we do, our behaviour, um, really to me uh, is, a, is a very important principle uh, of why we should be developing character. And, you know, if I was to, to review all of the successful people in Australia, you know, character is a big part of their success and, you know, values in schools are, are essential. Genevieve, one of the um, things that struck me talking to the students here today 
we talked earlier about the the drafts and so they'll write multiple versions of a, a story or a piece of descriptive prose they're writing or do multiple versions of artwork and you're training them how to critique that themselves but also to critique each other's uh, in, in a way that seems to reflect character education but also seems to reflect, in a sense, constructive, critical uh, engagement. Um, and, and one of the things that struck me as well is that, you know, I find when I'm writing, you know, another draft seems a bit like a chore. There's, you know, no, no I'm not sure whether you just programmed them all really well here, but, but no one would admit to me that they were bored by doing multiple drafts, partly because of the feedback process you're setting up. So how do you... Um, how do you develop in, in young children and the students here feedback skills? Well, I guess what we've done here at Benora Point is rather than do it straight through a project, before we've actually commenced a project um, with the students, we've given them ample opportunities to have a go at the um, you know, giving of feedback, which is a challenge to students at the beginning of this whole process. Sometimes they just want to write, oh, I like it, it's good, that's great. And that's the first thing they're going to do when they first try and give feedback. They're not used to um, giving constructive feedback to each other. So it really is something that we have to model to them. So quite often, um, I know before I started my project last year, I would have a student offer a piece of text. Um, that they might um, let me model a critique of. And I, um, you know, explicitly model the um, kind, specific and um, helpful feedback. Uh, (laughs) But but, but it's interesting that that every student I met was was using those three words. They were, yes. Kind, specific, helpful. And it's across the school. It's um, something we've... we've, um, got all the kids to understand and it's really good to see their progress so initially then they're, they're not giving that really deep feedback they're they're afraid to kind of uh, give you know afraid to say what they want to say because they might be afraid of offending the person but when we put it as a focus of we are helping each other as crew develop the highest possible quality work that we can when the students look at it like these our peers are here to help us improve our work they they take on a different um, perspective when they're critiquing um, each other and when they're accepting that feedback and they know it's just as important to give quality feedback as it is to receive quality feedback. So if they want the, the quality from their peers, they know they've got to give it to their peers as well. So they've really got to you know, dive deeply into looking at their, their peers' work and really look at things that they can improve. And as soon as they, they practice it more and more, they do get better and better at it. But initially they don't have you know, that, that natural um, want to give that. And so you're teaching them those skills. That's right. And, and all the way through. All the way through. Yeah, um, and and it's it's something that really does require a lot of practice. Um, the the more they have that opportunity, and what I found is uh, the longer we've been doing this, students will come through the years, and I know that um, some um, had had done projects the year before, and and the students that had done projects the year before were just that little step ahead um, in giving the kind, specific, helpful feedback um, because they they'd done it before and it wasn't new to them. 
It's very closely linked to the learning targets that we do as well, particularly the specific part about it. To, to get around the, oh, that looks good, it's, you need to be specific. And how do they know how to be specific? We need to pull apart the learning target. And that's what we do at the beginning of a lesson or, or, or a series of lessons. What is it we're trying to achieve here? What does that look like? What's the verb in the learning? Because then when they're giving feedback, that's what they're looking for, for the words. And that's how they can make it specific. We don't have a lot of trouble with be them being kind and being helpful. To me, the real skill is learning to be specific and the learning targets are critical for that. Yeah. Paul, um, you know, you mentioned Hattie earlier. I mean, one of the things that Hattie identifies as you know, keys to a successful school is collective efficacy. And having spent the day on the ground here today, I mean, it strikes me that there's an enormous unanimity and commitment of approach that you have with the staff here to the work that you're rolling out. I mean, I think if you just dropped in here, you'd have thought you'd been here for 10 years. You haven't been here for 10 years. You've only been here for you know, two or three. Um, how have you gone about um, convincing the staff that you should have this shared, uh, unified and committed approach to, to such a structured way of rolling out pedagogy at the school? Gee, I don't know. Um, I guess I, I, I started with sharing a really big picture vision of, of why this was really important. And I talked about, you know, our, our, our challenges as a, as a globe. I talked about, you know, the world that our children are going to be living in and, and, and what, you know, is going to be found, you know, really important for them to build success from. And I, I, I guess I tried to link that back to, um, you know, the, the work of EL. I did give every single teacher a copy of An Ethic of Excellence. I think I mentioned earlier to you today. I've even given you a copy, Mark. Yeah. Um, so that they had a chance to share in that vision. And then um, I, think, I think that was a really important step. But also uh, working with Cindy Goodswell from EL Education around the well how does this you know what does this look like in practice and and how are we going to be able to to do that here um, we really broke that down uh, and made it step by step yeah and, and you know we know that you know all schools in New South Wales are working towards these targets that we're, we're agreeing on around literacy and numeracy and yeah. attendance and engagement and and you were saying to me you, you, you're confident that you, you'll continue to hit those stretch targets you're putting down uh, almost as a byproduct of creating this engaged, focused learning through the work you're doing here. Yeah, so um, if, if the focus is um, you know, crafting high quality work and crafting high quality people, then there's really no doubt in my mind that, that the, the results of that are going to be successful scores. I mean, um, uh, I, I just can't imagine um, that having a negative impact on our on our test scores. And you're already seeing a bit of that, aren't you? Yeah, we're seeing um, solid uh, growth. We've, in many areas, gone from being below like schools um, to above like schools, and again to above state um, across you know most of our, the the elements of Napland, Year Three and Year Five. Um, and our, our growth is you know, higher than like schools, but we're not doing it for that reason. Um, you know, we want our children to know what powerful learning feels like, looks like, 
and and so that they have that um, foundation. You know, when they walk out the gate in year six, we want them to know that they have something uh, powerful to contribute to this world. And as EL Education says, we're getting smart to do good. Um, and just finally, I mean, uh, we first came across each other. I mean, I'd heard about the work you were doing in uh, at North Taramara, but I mean, you, you've established this conference uh, that you run uh, for, by teachers, for teachers, um, Eye on the Future. Tell us a bit about Eye on the Future. Well, I just felt that um, there has to be something uh, better out there. Uh, I, I took myself on many journeys. I, I, I was fortunate to, to do two New South Wales Premier's teacher scholarships back in the early 2000s, and there's so much going on in the education world across the globe it's so interesting and I guess it was uh, an opportunity to bring a lot of that you know high class work going on elsewhere that might have been a bit different to some of the things we were doing as a system back uh, to Australia and um, uh, you know the, the the event got quite big over the years and you know with that lots of stress in 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 managing you know the the, the function of it all and um, so we're now sort of moving into Rather than the why, why should we bring forward educational change? We're bringing in now, well, how do we do that with three-day institutes? Well, um, I want to thank you all for your time today. It's been terrific to spend a a day on the ground here at uh, Benora Point, meet so many students and uh, spend time with uh, you guys and the executive team. And and I I suppose what's really very clear to me is the, the passion that exists here um, to set up young people to be lifelong learners so that they are leaders of their own learning, very much engaged uh, in what it is they want to learn and how they're going to do that, very, very engaged in the projects, but also in the school community that you're creating uh, here. So um, I'm sure that people will beat a path to your door as they do uh, already uh, to learn more about what's happening here at Benora Point. Thanks very much, all of you, for your time today. Thank you, Mark. And thank you for listening to this episode of Every Student. Never miss an episode by subscribing on your podcast platform of choice or by heading to our website at education.nsw.gov.au slash every hyphen student hyphen podcast. Or if you know someone who is a remarkable innovative educator that we could all learn from, you can get in touch with us via Twitter at New South Wales Education, on Facebook, or email everystudentpodcast at det.nsw.edu.au. Thanks again, and I'll catch you next time.